6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Oh, mm-hmm. 
Eitan Freilach with Eliyahu. You heard uh, uh, Omek Hadavar, Ein Yush is the name of that one. Leviathan had Enod Milvado. David Melech Israel done by Diaspora. Eli Marcus with David Amelech. Bo 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 done by Ohad. And Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. JM and the AM for this Thursday, March the 2nd of 2017. Day number four in the month of Adar, the year 5777. Tufshin. I in Zion, 50 degrees outside with 38% humidity. Winds are west at 18 miles per hour. Very windy out there. 
Sunny today with windy weather and a high only of 49. We're basically basically around the uh, high temperature right now. Uh, tonight, clear skies, low 30. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, a high temperature of 40 degrees. Yerushalayim is at uh, 59. We're at uh, 50 here in New York City on a, a Thursday morning at JM and the AM. A um, couple of things about, first of all, a, a big thank you to everybody down in Florida. Uh, we had a... Uh, a wonderful partnership and really a, a wonderful mission uh, down to Florida. A couple of broadcasts uh, and a couple of uh, major events, plus a couple of um, wonderful school visits down in the Boca area in partnership with Nefesh Benefesh, uh, continuing to get the word out, connecting people to the Holy Land. It was an honor to be there with Harai Fast and the entire Nefesh team, and our team did a remarkable job as well. So I take this opportunity to uh, acknowledge and thank all those responsible for a um, a really successful journey down to Florida. A big thank you to Boca Raton Synagogue, Rabbi Goldberg, uh, Matthew, who coordinated uh, so much uh, down there for us, and um, and everybody who had a role in making it a really important and um, worthwhile journey. We're back here in our New York City studios, and um, at today, originally scheduled for 11 o'clock, we'll be up at Wesley Kosher with Manischewitz at 12 noon. We'll be up at Wesley Kosher with Manischewitz at 12 noon. We'll go from 12 until 2 o'clock up at Wesley Kosher in Muncie, and uh, that's when the live lunch will happen today. Adjusted the schedule a drop, and uh, those of you who are going to be joining us up in Muncie, or if you like tuning in to our live, live lunches, meaning the ones that are uh, on the road in our mobile studio, um, then uh, you, you tune in at 12 noon, uh, just an hour later than the usual start time for a live lunch. Today is the 4th of Adar. Today is the uh, yard site, the 6th yard site of my dear brother, Rabbi uh, Moshe Yona Ben-Hurab Zev Halevi Siegel. And um, on the occasion of his yard site each year and at other points during the year, I remind our listeners uh, that those of you who suffer from heartburn, um, I strongly suggest, based on our family experience and watching the devastating effects of fourth of stage four esophageal cancer um, during the uh, last months of my brother's life, I strongly suggest that you um, have yourself tested, have yourself screened. Uh, the test generally recommended by doctors is an endoscopy endoscopy if you're a heartburn sufferer please ask your doctor about that an endoscopy and i'm hoping that these reminders will help people catch uh, barrett's and or esophageal cancer in the very early stages when something can be done and uh, that it not be caught too late as was the case with my brother so if his um, if his passing and suffering can lead to uh, even one person discovering what they have early on and having their life saved, then obviously these reminders are completely worthwhile, and they are done in his memory, in the hope that um, in his memory we will save some lives in our community and beyond. And today we remember Harav Moshe Yona Ben. Rav Zev Halevi, on his sixth yard site. 
many of you are already aware of the fact, uh, based on the news as it traveled rather quickly yesterday, that our dear friend, Chaim Lobo Silber, has passed away. And uh, as much as many of us knew that he had been he had been sick for uh, for a while over the last few months. Nonetheless, this news was completely shocking to everybody in the community. And uh, many of you, uh, many people out there, uh, knew Lobo. Many people know him. Uh, he's that type of person that when he uh, gets involved with anybody. They will never, ever forget him. So word, of course, traveled very quickly, and many people paid very appropriate tribute to his memory and remembered what kind of uh, generous, fun, and dedicated person he was. And while I am ill-equipped to give a proper tribute or memorial, I must tell you something about my experience with Chaim Lobo Silber. He was somebody who was a supporter of our efforts, and I don't just mean financial supporter. I mean somebody who, with great pride, would come on the radio and join us in this forum, understood how these airwaves had the potential and continued to really enhance someone's day and to bring a lot of joy to the world. And that is what he was all about. He was all about meeting people, getting to know them, bringing joy to them, making sure people would smile in his presence, which was always the case. And while sometimes... This word is uh, is looked upon disfavorably. I think it is a huge compliment to remember him as somebody who loved to have fun and spread fun, cheer, and joy to other people. And that's what he did. It's what he did with all the incredible chesed that he did and every story you hear. Every story you'll hear today, every story you'll hear for the next years, 100% true. The incredible chesed, the incredible chesed done in quiet ways, the incredible chesed done for individuals, for families, for organizations, for efforts, for initiatives. We know it. We know how he was always there, enthusiastically rooting us on. So... How does one remember Chaim Lobo Silber on this day of his funeral, on the day after his passing? And I would say we remember him as someone who lived up to his name. Somebody who is the epitome of Chaim. Somebody who is the epitome of life. The joy of life. The fullness of life and the desire to make other lives better whenever possible. How better to be remembered than as somebody who personified life. After all, in our tradition, 
what is more important than life and how much do we value life. Lobo, you are going to be missed. You are going to be missed by thousands and thousands of people around the world. And the news yesterday sent a collective shockwave through the Jewish world. But I remind everybody about the incredible contribution that he made and the incredible enthusiasm with which he served the one above and which and with which he served other people no matter where they were from and no matter who they were we remember lobo on this thursday morning edition of jm in the am
J.M. in the A.M. on this Thursday morning as we remember Chaim Lobo Silber, who passed away yesterday. Every time he would walk into the radio station, he would bring the uh, incredible aura of bright sunshine with him. He would light up the room. People were anxious to speak to him. They gravitated to him. And then he would get on the air and uh, give important messages, messages of chesed, of brotherhood, of unity, of doing things for others, small and big. And those messages we will never forget. We remember Chaim Lobo Silver this morning at JM in the AM. Lobo Silber on this Thursday. The uh, funeral is taking place uh, this morning, 9 a.m. at Shomri Adas uh, on 14th Avenue in Brooklyn, New York.
We will be there, of course, and uh, no doubt thousands will. Uh, the number of lives that he affected during his lifetime are, as the expression goes, countless. And um, I'm sure there are many people anxious to pay tribute to his memory because he was uh, simply a remarkable person and somebody who um, was a real giant, a gibor, a real giant. And we use that word giant in so many different contexts, especially in our community. Uh, but the, uh, I-, I believe his greatness, in addition to the chesed that he always did, was the um, was how he how his capability of making anybody feel like a giant, his capability of making anybody of any background, of any um, of any religious level. And I saw this with my own eyes. He makes them feel like giants. I think one of these days uh, we'll find an appropriate time. We should actually play on this show one of Lobo's appearances on JM in the AM. And you will see what I mean about somebody who spreads joy, had unbelievable messages, and encouraged people to be as close to their brothers and sisters as possible. One day we should certainly do that. More coming up. You are listening to a Thursday morning at JM in the AM.
Done by Shlomo Katz, four minutes before the hour. I thank you for joining us here on a JM and AM Thursday. As we mentioned uh, uh, during our tribute to uh, Lobo, the um, a funeral of Chaim Lobo Silber, 
is going to be taking place this morning, 9 a.m. at Shomer Adas, which is 14th Avenue in Brooklyn. And I know there are a lot of people in this audience that are um, that are still devastated by the news, clearly, uh, and that want to be uh, in attendance today uh, during the goodbye to uh, Lobos. That happens uh, today at um, 9 a.m., Shomer Adas, 14th Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. I know a lot of people are listening around the world. This is a global audience and continues to become more and more of a global audience. So uh, we're, we're reaching more and more people who don't always know specific individuals that we're referring to because uh, they may not have had uh, interaction with them or the, the chances of having interacted with them are less and less uh, from the time that this was a more of a localized radio broadcast. Um, so I thank those of you. I thank those of you who've been uh, in touch with us over the last few minutes. Uh, with your comments about um, about Chaim Lobo Silber, many of you did not know him, and yet you have uh, you have felt the the urge to um, to acknowledge the uh, uh, the incredible uh, memories that we have of him, and to um, and to indicate how heartwarming it is to hear such words about somebody. And I greatly appreciate that. Thursday morning, this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Uh, We are going to um, try to get to our news from Israel coming up next, and to continue with our radio broadcast, I mentioned earlier today is the... uh, Sixth, the art side of my brother, Arav Moshe Yonov and Arav Zev Halevi. And uh, anybody out there, and we do this in his memory more than just on his yard site, but especially today, anybody out there suffering from any type of heartburn, especially chronic heartburn, we strongly suggest you go to your doctor, um, find out if you need an endoscopy, which is a screening, and it's a screening that could prevent tremendously painful suffering. Um, if, if, if whatever is there is caught early enough. So please, in his memory, in her Moshe Yonah's memory, if you are a heartburn sufferer, speak to your doctor about an endoscopy, because that heartburn can turn into Barrett's, and that Barrett's, God forbid, can turn into esophageal cancer. It's as simple as that. We have a schedule uh, here today at JMNAM. Leif Tahar is, is uh, scheduled to be in our studio coming up at 7.30 this morning as we present uh, part of their brand new album, Leif Tahar, volume number five. They are expected in our studio. Also, uh, we have made a very big deal, rightfully so, of um, Operation Wedding. It's a documentary about a very, very well-known effort by Soviet refuseniks to make Aliyah. And I say that in quotation marks because they tried to steal an airplane from under the Russian authorities and fly it to uh, Scandinavia and then to Israel. Anat Zalmanson Kuznetsov is the documentarian of that incredible movie, Operation Wedding. And we will speak with her in studio coming up in the 8 o'clock hour this morning at JM in the AM. Galaitzal in the background, Galaitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday follows next.
We say Boca Toe from Jam and Amp. שר הביטחון אביגדור ליברמן אומר כי על צה"ל לא לערער על גזר הדין של אלאור עזריה. צריך להבין שמדובר בחייל מצטיין בסופו של דבר, ומדובר במחבל שבא להרוג חיילים. צה"ל לא צריך לערער, צה"ל צריך להפיק לקחים מכל אירוע, וגם האזרחים, ולא להתבלבל בין כל היוצרות. את הדברים אמר ליברמן בריאיון לאולפן ynet. שגריר ישראל באו"ם לשעבר רון פוסאור מגיב על ההקלטות שחשף הבוקר כתבנו מיכאל שמש ובהן נשמע ראש הממשלה נתניהו אומר כי ביקש מאנשי טראמפ להוציא את ארצות הברית ממועצת זכויות האדם של האו"ם לדברי פוסאור על וושינגטון לאמץ את בקשתו של נתניהו לארצות הברית לא היה ואין מקום במועצה לזכויות הדיקטטורים המתהדרת גם בשם המועצה לזכויות אדם. אני מגבה את ראש הממשלה בעמדתו שארצות הברית צריכה לצאת ממועצה שבין חבריה נמנות חסידות אומות העולם במרכאות כפולות כמו איראן, צ'אד וסוריה. מפלגת האיחוד הלאומי תוקפת את היוזמה של התאחדות המלונות שקוראת לבתי מלון לעבור למערך כשרות פרטי על חשבון הרבנות. כתבנו אורי איגרא. מפלגת האיחוד הלאומי פנתה לארגון רבני צוהר במכתב חריף על הקשר שלה עם התאחדות המלונות. עורכי הכשרות הם אזרחים ולא הטייקונים בעלי המלונות, נכתב. אנחנו רואים בחומרה מהלכים מעין אלו ניאבק בכל פגיעה במעמדה של הרבנות הראשית. המכתב בא בעקבות החשיפה ביומן הבוקר, והמתכננים בהתאחדות המלונות לפנות לכשרות הפרטית של צוהר. האיחוד האירופי שלל את חסינותה של מרין לפן, מועמדת הימין הקיצוני לנשיאות צרפת על רקע החקירה שמתנהלת נגדה והאפשרות שתועמד לדין. כתבתנו דנה גוטר. לפן, מנהיגת מפלגת החזית הלאומית הצרפתית, נמצאת כעת תחת חקירה בעקבות שלוש תמונות שפרסמה בטוויטר בשנת 2015, שבהן נראות תוצאות להורג של ארגון הטרור דאעש. הפרסום מהווה עבירה לעבד צרפת העונש ובין 75 אלף אירו קנס לשלוש שנות מאסר. מתרבות הקריאות במפלגה הדמוקרטית בארצות הברית להתפטרות שר המשפטים האמריקני ג'ף סשנס, כתבנו נתנאל דרשן. הבוקר דווח בעיתון הוושינגטון פוסט כי סשנס נפגש פעמיים עם שגריר רוסיה בארצות הברית בשנה האחרונה. למרות זאת, הצהיר במהלך שימועו בסנאט בהקשר לשאלה על קשרים בין מטה טראמפ לבין מוסקבה, כי לא שוחח עם הרוסים. מנהיגת המיעוט בסנאט, ננסי פלוסי, כתבה הבוקר, סשנס אינו מתאים לכהן כראש מערכת המשפט ועליו להתפטר. תגובת סשנס הבוקר, לא ניהלתי קשר עם מוסקבה מטעם ולסיום, תושב עזה שביקש לקרוא לבנו מחמוד עבאס על שם יושב ראש הרשות הפלסטינית אבו מאזן מתקשה לרשון את בנו במרשם התושבים, כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. האב, פאיז בדרן שמו, מחבב ומעריך את ראש הרשות, לכן הוא ביקש לקרוא לבנו הילוד על שמו, אבל פקידי הרישום בממשלת חמאס סירבו לבקשה בנימוק שמדובר בשם פרטי מורכב מדי. הפקידים ביקשו ממנו לבחור אחד משני השמות, מחמוד או עבאס. בדרן אומר, אני נחוש לקרוא לבני איך שארצה. ומזג האוויר ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות, גשם ירד הלילה בצפון הארץ ובמרכזה. אלה החדשות שערך רום ליאור.
That's done by uh, Shua Kessin, Lola Hityaish. Nine minutes after the hour, it's JM in the AM. Good morning, everybody. Back from Florida. Thank you to Nefesh Benefesh. Thank you to Boca Raton Synagogue, everybody who made the uh, journey so amazing. I remind you that uh, the funeral for our dear friend Chaim Lobo Silver takes place 9 o'clock this morning, Shomri Adas.
which is uh, 14th Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Our condolences, of course, to his wife, Eva, and the entire family. From all of us here at JM and the AM, uh, it's news, as I described in hour number one, that's still very, very shocking. And, and uh, e Even though he was sick for the last few months, still a collective shockwave throughout the entire Jewish world. Those who knew him, and that number was so many, and is so many. And uh, we will continue to... Um, We'll continue to remember him fondly, to say the least. And I, and I think it would be a great idea, as I said earlier, that one day we play one of his appearances on the air. So you'll see, those of you who didn't know Lobo, will see the enthusiasm and zest for life, um, which proved that he was aptly named Chaim. Just had an incredible zest for life, an incredible desire to make other people happy, an incredible desire to help other people and families and organizations. Just amazing, and seeing that all in one person was just incredible. Um, our schedule for today, uh, I remind you that we've moved the uh, the Manischewitz Live Lunch to 12 noon, so we'll be up in Muncie starting at 12 noon Eastern Time. All right, Wesley Kosher in Muncie, 12 noon Eastern Time for the Manischewitz Pre-Purim Live Lunch. It'll be coming up this afternoon. Looking forward to that. Tomorrow, the weekly update, Malcolm Holmline will join us. We'll go through the news of the week, etc., uh, on the um, on the program, so make sure you tuned in for that. And uh, coming up this morning, Leif Tahar is expected to stop by. Um, I mentioned that the documentarian of Operation Wedding, one of the most amazing stories in modern Jewish history, frankly, is going to stop by this morning as well in the eight o'clock hours. There's a lot going on uh, here on a Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Uh, Florida was an amazing experience. Uh, all of our projects with Nefesh Benefesh are amazing experiences, even when we're not on a flight, even when we're not heading to Israel. Really incredible. I want to remind everybody there is a concert calendar for this weekend. Safam is going to be uh, at the Rutgers Hillel, the return of Safam, and a sneak peek at the brand new Eva and Ari Halpern Hillel House on the Will Family Campus and the Funk Legacy Wall. It's taking place this coming Sunday 70 College Avenue in New Brunswick. There'll be guided tours of the building for sponsors, followed by a dinner with Safam. For the general public, tours of the building for all guests begin at 6, and doors to the concert open at 6.30. The concert will start at 7 p.m. RutgersHillel.org has the information. RutgersHillel.org. Don't forget this Saturday night is the Shuvu dinner, Shuvu Chazon Avraham, in memory of Rabbanish Mandel. That's happening this coming uh, uh, Saturday night. Also, the Tel Aviv Junior High will be dedicated in honor of uh, Benjamin Akoin and, uh, and Tova Yakubovich by their children, Moshe and Frida Frankel and family. And all this is happening at the Palace on McDonald Avenue in Brooklyn with guest speaker Diane Jonas on Abraham happening Saturday night. Uh, dinner begins at 9.30, the reception at 8.30 in Brooklyn, New York. Information, contact Shuvu. Uh, shuvuusa.org or 718-692-3434, 718-692-3434. Mazal tov to all the honorees at the Mayanot Dinner, Mayanot Yeshiva High School, pays tribute to Elliot and Lori Linzer, Mrs. Suzanne Cohen, Rabbi Daniel and Diane Cohen, and a memory, uh, a memorial award in memory of Bruce Ritholtz. That happens this coming Saturday night for Mayanot Yeshiva High School. You can go to their website, mayanot.org, for information. And a special shout-out to Mayanot. An amazing place, to say the least. Want to wish a mazel tov to Simcha Liner. He's and I saw his father yesterday down in Florida. He is a um, honoree at the uh, Mayan Hatora dinner 
going on this weekend. We say Mazal Tov to him. Also, uh, tonight, tonight, Thursday, tonight, Yankee Lemmer and Friends and guest artist Shimon Kramer tonight at Lincoln Square Synagogue. Yeah, that happens at 7.30 in the main sanctuary of Lincoln Square. Go to lss.org, lss.org. That concert is tonight with Yankee Lemmer, Shimon Kramer. Zusha is going to be there. A whole bunch of great stars. So you can check that out and get ready to enjoy on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Chazday Soul to Soul presents Avram Freed in the Bring the House Down event this coming Sunday, 883 Claussen Avenue at the Brooklyn School of Music with musical director Yuval Stupel, um, the Chavivin Choir, Avram Freed, of course, headlines, uh, 347-688-SOUL. It's a great opportunity to see Avram Freed in a wonderful venue, 347-688-SOUL. Get ready to enjoy uh, Avramo in Crown Heights this coming Sunday. More coming up on a Thursday morning edition of JM the AM. Leif Tahar expected in our studio and plenty more. Here's Miami. Keep it right here at JM the AM.
comes from Itzik Dadya, that's called Bowie Vishalom, Benny Friedman before that, with uh, Al Tishlach Yadcha. Reminder, Lev Tahar expected in our studio within minutes. They've got a brand new album. We'll be speaking with the Lev Tahar members coming up here at JM in the AM. A uh, reminder about our schedule, uh, because um, uh, we because we are going to attend, of course, uh, the funeral of uh, Chaim Lobo Silber this morning. It's 9 o'clock at Shomer Adah, so we've pushed our show with Manashevitz to 12 noon. So we'll be up at Wesley Kosher starting at 12 noon today for a pre-Purim live lunch, and that'll last until 2 o'clock. And, yes, yeah, someone asked on the app if it'll be videoed. Of course, we'll have live video. You'll be able to watch the entire thing at NachumSiegel.com on our homepage. Today is the... Um, Sixth, the art side of my brother, Harav Moshe Yona, Ben Harav Zev Halevi. So, of course, uh, morning chizuk this morning, in addition to my parents, will be dedicated to his memory. Um, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zev and Rebosav Halevi, Zechonishmas Esther Basar Rebosav Halevi, and today, Zechonishmas Harav Moshe Yona, Ben Harav Zev Halevi. And, of course, uh, we uh, we play and uh, speak about these words of chizuk and words of Torah in memory of Lobo as well on this uh, Thursday morning. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in Tehillim, I will exalt you, Hashem, for you have drawn me up, and have not let my enemies rejoice over me. According to the Talmud, this particular chapter was written by Dovin HaMelech. It was an honor of the Chanukah Sabais, the dedication of the Beis Hamikdash. On the morning of the Chanukah Sabais, the doors of the Beis Hamikdash would not open for Shlomo HaMelech, even after he begged them to open so that all could go in and serve Hashem. Suddenly, when he mentioned that the doors should open in honor and out of respect for his father, David HaMelech, they opened up. At that moment, everyone realized that Hashem had more respect and love for Dovid HaMelech. They realized that anyone who tried to fault Dovid HaMelech was mistaken. If Hashem had such high regard for Dovid, so why couldn't he build the Beis HaMikdosh? The great Rameir Pimishlaner explains, because his hands were covered with blood. True, it was all Milchemes Mitzvah, he was protecting Klal Yisrael against the enemy. Still, the Beis Hamikdash, which represented the Gedusha in Shalom and peace, could not be built with someone that had blood on his hands. Dovid HaMelech had such a great love for building the Beis Hamikdash that he made all the preparations. He bought the place where it was to be built. He also made extensive plans for its building. Dovid HaMelech had no way to prove to his enemies that he had such closeness to Hashem. When he died, the matter remained unresolved. However, he had such great amuna, faith in Hashem, that he wrote this particular chapter that was to be sung at the dedication. Once the doors opened up in his honor, all realized the great closeness and the greatness of Dovid HaMelech. The Nomeli Melech, Rebbe Limelech of Lezhensk, explains the Chazal, Gedolim Tzadikim B'misoson. Greater are the Tzadikim, are the great righteous people, in their passing, Yosemim Chayeyen, even greater than when they were living. The reason is because during their lifetime, there were those who argued with them. 
But after their passing, everyone is mishabach them, everyone praises them, even their enemies. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day. Excuse me, brand new Leif Tahar here on a uh, Thursday morning broadcast. And in our studio, both Ellie Schwebel and Ari Zucker, they are here uh, to celebrate the release of the uh, Leif Tahar volume number five. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Who wrote the song? Who wrote the opener we just heard? Okay, so it's a cover of a guy named Lindsey Buckingham called Holiday Road. Um, uh, and uh, Gotti called me up and said, Ellie, you got to hear this song. And I said, Ari, we fell in love fell with love, it fell in love and we just put the words to we just found the right lyrics for it and i kind i wrote the bridge that uh, colonishama to try to give it some more meaning and some more depth 
But uh, it was, uh, we're so happy with fun this. Song, Do you know song. what kind of impression there is of how fun Lave Tahar is? Do you well, know that? Uh, let's hear. Let's there hear. are a lot. Well, Lave Tahar came out with the first album how long ago? Like 2001. Okay. One. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's over 15 years. Oh, yes. yes. And uh, every time, every time you, uh, you know, someone mentions Lave Tahar, there seems to be just a lot of fun, a lot of spirit. Uh, yeah. People are looking forward. You, I mean, you, I'm sure you realize this once you announce that uh, Volume Five is coming out. There was like this big sigh of relief out there, like, "Wow, they're not gone. They're <laughs> they're just c- continuing forward." We're back. We're back. We are back, and we're it, we're better than ever. I hope. I mean, I think this this product we worked on it for two years, really, really hard. Every I dedicated full time to it. So the boys the boys have full time jobs, but I was and, really in the studio. And, and we we do have a blast. And uh, anyone yeah. that knows us knows we have a blast with it. And we try to to really portray it in, in the music itself. And people tell us that, too. It just sounds like you're having fun. It's true. We, we, Even when you do the slow ballads, it sounds like there's a lot of energy there. And I think it's really about the fact that we're, we're friends for 30 years. So, I mean, it's really about the fact that we have that, that connection and that uh, it comes through in the music. I mean, the blends, it happens to work out perfectly with three best friends. Gotti's got that low baritone. Ari's got that beautiful, sweet vocal. And I've got more of the, the, power, uh, the power vocal. And the blend in harmonies to be able to take a back seat for each other and kind of have that and dynamic it, work. And, it, and it's not easy because we spend a lot of time together on this. And <laughs> when you have three people with opinions in the room for two years straight, and I don't think we had one fight this entire hour. I mean, literally, we just had the best time every single day. It happens day. when you get older. Hey, you know? It's all about the harmony, right? That's, in, that's more, in, in more ways than one. Exactly. We, by the way, we, we can't forget about God. I mean, God, he was supposed to be I here. Know. He's we stuck in Savannah, Georgia. He's stuck in wow. Here. 200 flights were canceled yesterday from the south up Right, here. we barely made it back from Florida. So huh? his flight was canceled. Latest flight this morning was canceled again. Canceled again. So, so, so he's, he's uh, you know, hi, Gotti. I know Gotti. He, he ain't avoiding coming to Jam oh, and no, no, no. <laughs> Not a chance. He loves it. He loves, loves it. He's upset. He's very upset. So, so I know what the reaction was in my circles, and in all seriousness, it was like this collective you know, cheer when Lave to Har 5 was announced. What, what about you guys? You've probably been hearing for months from people, like, what's going on already? When's this going to be happening, right? Well, Ari, you know, Ari's, Ari's living in Cedarhurst and Woodmere and, uh, and, and Lawrence and all that and Gotti, and they're like all the friends and the wives and the children and the, what's it called again? Carpool drivers, <laughs> the bus carpool, drivers. The bus drivers. The car- <laughs> it's like everyone's like, oh, when are you coming out? When are you coming out? And uh, I, what I'm, I'm just really proud of this. I mean, uh, it's like, it's, it's just, it's, I think it's personally uh, as the producer, my my best work so far. I mean, wow. the most collective, the most all the collective wisdom of the years coming together, um, and I'm I'm really proud of it. I think we're all proud of it. You know, it's no. just really great. A lot of hard work, and when the Lave Tahar started a long time ago, there was something special there, and that specialness still remains. That's for sure. This is out now for how long? Five days. That's it. That's and, it. And is the is the no. mar- is the market reacting the way friends and family are reacting? So no, no, we no. we we have to, we have uh, Derek called for a reorder already. already. Yeah, they said Ellie. Uh, what has been out since Sunday? Yeah, and <laughs> boom, and they had so many orders right away, and we're really. <laughs> and, and it's a different world for us, the digital world. Right, for the sure. last time we came out, so we're number one world iTunes for the first five nice. days. Yeah. So that's been great. Yeah, and so. it's, we're holding strong, number one on iTunes, so we're getting. I mean, I'm just really... It's a shock we were able to get you in here this morning. Feedback's been phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. We get some beautiful messages, too. We'll play some of those tracks. I, People yeah. sending us the nicest notes. You, 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 made me, you inspired me to keep, to keep Shabbos again. Whoa, I haven't been in shul on a Friday night, and Lichadodi just reminded me of that, and I want yeah, to go this way. I mean, some of the nicest messages. Beautiful messages, really. People really. that we know, people we don't know. You People, know, I have no idea who they are. I just so want you to know that you're... 
your music really affected me. It changed me. And, uh, and that makes it all worth it. You know, Nothing like the reaction yeah. of the global community, I'll tell Beautiful, you. Beautiful, I'll yeah. tell you. Really. Incredible. Twelve selections, by the way, folks. If you're wondering another reason why people are running to buy it, they're getting their money's worth. That's Twelve, right. 12 selections of the brand new Leif Tahar, yeah. volume number five. Uh, both uh, uh, Ellie Schwebel, Ari Zucker in our, audi- in our audience, in our studio this morning here at JMA. And, and we said, and you guys said it when you walked in, and you know that, and you know that today is, uh, is uh, a, a different type of day for everybody, especially in our circles, because of the passing of Chaim Lobo Silber. We could sit here for hours, frankly, talking about him. And I did have an opportunity, thank God, already this morning to pay a tribute to Lobo. And obviously we'll all be there later on this morning. Um, but, but you said something when you walked in, which I had said to myself while I was speaking about him on the air. His name was Chaim. Nobody personified life more than him. And I was thinking about Bir Chodesh, when we do Ben Chodesh, Chaim Sholtova, Chaim Sholbracha. He was Chaim Sholtova, Chaim Sholbracha, etc. I mean, I, Lobo was like an uncle to me. I mean, he was a, truly like an uncle. And, um, I mean, we could talk about him for That's hours. That's why I, I say it's very it's hard. Like, it's so hard to say, but you know what? I'll just, one thing, the one memory I remember, he used to come, my grandfather used to dump for the Ahmed, and my father now, and he would come up and do Kivakaras Roy Edre with us. Didadum, bum, bum, and he would cry with us every time. His dance at the wedding, oh. his, his lobo dance, his, his joy. I mean, it's just the man was larger than life, and he was our hero. Like, as a child, as a kid, he was our hero. He was, I'm telling you. Each of us, Gotti, uh, me, Elio, we grew up with we him. We grew up with him. And he loved... Helping others love life. Oh, that God. was like his greatest satisfaction. He's our hero. It's it's like the guy was the guy was Superman. He was Superman, mm. taking care of everybody. Just was. So the news of his passing, even though he was sick, as we know, was still a shock to everybody, and everyone's still in a way recovering from it. And later today, we'll have an opportunity to pay a proper goodbye to Lobo. Uh, we're going to dedicate this song. It's on your album. Yes. yes. It is called Bir Chodesh. I assume the word Chaim is in there, right? Yes. 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 It's yes. in there. And uh, we will dedicate this to the memory of Chaim Lobo Silber, somebody who was full of life, and as I said earlier, just loved to help others appreciate and love life. It's dedicated to uh, his memory, Lave Tahar, Volume 5, two of the three members of Lave Tahar visiting us on a Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.
Chaim, a song we dedicate this morning to the memory of Chaim Lobo Silber from Leif Tahar, volume number five. One of the things I said this morning is that a great idea would be for us to uh, replay for our audience uh, one of Lobo's appearances on the air. That's something I'd like to do. I'm going to dig deep oh, into our archives. One of the because he, he used to give some amazing messages about Chesed and about brotherhood and sisterhood in our community, and that has to be repeated often. As, as often as possible, because it's such an important message. Leif Tahar in studio. It's uh, Ellie, and Ga- and Ellie and Ari in studio as we uh, go through the 12-track album, which has been released. It's been making quite a... It's already been making uh, quite a stir. What's the word I'm looking for? It's been making, uh, making waves out yeah, there. Yeah, it's, it's been making waves. It's been We're, making waves. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and everybody out there, we recommend that you, um, uh, that you get a hold of it. We were just talking a moment ago in the studio about the comparison between the very first Leif Tahar album and this one. The first one was really good. Like, no one's arguing that. Yeah. But there is something about this boy. There's a lot of experience behind this one. That's for sure. I'm, I'm, yeah, like, like just, uh, I think we all grew, I, as, a, as, as singers, we all grew as people. And, we, uh, and as, as a producer, I've, you know, 17 years making music. Uh, you learn a, you learn a couple. Of uh, yeah, this is the biggest piece is the production, and, and Ellie right. pushes us. And for, Ellie's grown like leaps and bounds from back then, and he pushes us so hard for absolute perfection. I, and uh, he's got yeah. a real vision, and, and he sticks with it. And in the old days, back then it was amazing. We look, we listen back to some of the stuff like, how do we do, how do, we do that? You know, how, <laughs> how do we let that? We would get away with that. I don't now. know if everyone else hears it, but. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not embarrassed about what I did. Right. I just know that I grew. I just know that I grew. Like and you know, it's different now and better. Uh, J.M. and the A.M. and the song we're going to... First of all, who wrote Chaim? Who wrote so, the song? so Gotti, so Gotti, that's Gotti's song. Nice. Gotti wrote that. Gotti, Gotti, I hope you're listening. I hope you're on the plane and you're listening. I, don't, I think he's on the plane. <laughs> we love you, Gotti. Gotti's like, we're, we're three best friends for 30 years. It's unbelievable. Who and you think? sent him to Savannah. Best no, friend, huh? Get out. Yeah. No, he's having a good time. He's enjoying himself. But uh, Gotti wrote a, he wrote a beauty. He would sit down with us and he just played for us. And all of a sudden, like, the, the imagery g- comes into my head and... And I see worlds happening. Oh, it's, it's just like an opening up in the chorus. And, and it happens. Some of those guys just calls me, Ari, come over. Yeah. yeah. I got it. I nailed it. And, and, you you know, know. and he knows when he nailed it. And he's like, God, i got to show you the song. Yeah, and, 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 you know, yeah. closes his eyes, gets the piano. And he, we said, this is, on, this is on the album. He really knows how to, he knows how to tap into a specific right. emotion beautifully. And I, right. I think for the next track, I yeah. think, you know, I think this album is a very dynamic album. And we have so many different... Uh, very wide range. Very wide range. And I think for emotions, uh, you know, the emotions that we have from loss, I think Lobo represented joy and happiness. Oh, yes. And I think Simchas Besa Shoeva, even though, even though we're, we're, I think he would want us, Esther, who I'm very, we're very close family friends, Esther, his daughter, she has an, an event called Couture for a Cause going on tonight. And she decided to keep the event going on tonight. She said, my father would want to keep that event going. And it's going to continue even though I can't be there. Wow. So she's going to keep it. So I'd like to play a duet we did with an absolute genius. I mean, Lipa is <laughs> one of my close, close friends and he an absolute genius. genius. He is, I, I brought him into the studio for an hour. And he nailed everything in an hour. He came in, he did his thing, and I, I coached him, I t- and he nailed it. Anyway, Leap, I love you. You know, we just did a show this past Sunday night together at uh, WSIF. Oh, that was up in the Upper West Side. Yeah, it was How did great. that go? It was a lot of fun. Oh, that's great. It was a lot of fun. Great people thing. liked it? Yeah, yeah, people oh, loved it. It was just, he was such a... He's such he was a himself, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a little... You know, the guy is the guy's a true artist. I mean, he's yeah. a true artist. Anyway, Simchas Beis Shoeva, written by a guy named Eli Schwab. <laughs> just, oh, his reputation. He's a great, 
He called me. He called, he sent me this track, and I was like, "Boom! This is not like a Leif to Heart track, but we gotta do it because I love the track. Let's do it with Lipa, and I think we nailed it." Leif to Heart in studio. It's JM in the AM. from Lipa and Leif Tahar, or Leif Tahar and Lipa, depending on how you uh, yeah. how you want to view it, called Simcha Space Eshoeva. Yeah. And from what we're told, you're allowed to play it when it's not Sukkis. We're not violating any rule today. <laughs> no You're rules. allowed to play it even in March. Yes, yes, Don't yes. worry about, the, uh, about it being played on Sukkis. Uh, Thursday morning broadcast, it's JMNAM with Leif Tahar in studio. 
as we go through some of the selections on the brand new uh, Aleph Tahar volume number five. So someone asked on our app if you included Did you include a Harry Chapin song or they're joking around? Oh, yes. We did. <laughs> we did. That's great. Yeah, we number did. Number 10. Gotti, uh, Gotti, Gotti, again, he loves Gotti Find. Gotti Find. He loved this song and he asked, can, can we do it? And I, I, tried to, I tried to put my stamp on it production-wise. Um, yeah, I think we tried to give it a little bit like that A.B. Rottenberg Journeys right. type of feel to it to take it away from that... Mr. Tana was a cleaner from a town of you know, like right. that kind of... Uh, All right, so we'll, uh, we'll call everyone's attention to that. They can check that out when they get the uh, album. Uh, also, people ask on the app when it'll be available on Google Music. Do we know yet? So we, uh, we're, we're taking the Beyonce route. Ooh. Ooh. Beyonce, Adele. You're like divas yourself. Yeah, like if you want to like, listen to the album, you've got to purchase it. I think it's been working because... Uh, uh, so many. Oh, <laughs> Google Music gives you. Three, yeah, three yeah, yeah. Right. It's like you, you know, sell. like right. you can't. Yeah, in this industry, we can't do that. We can't do Very that. We tough. can't afford right. because our lim our limited audience doesn't allow for right. you know the most. If you right. have you know, that doesn't it. work. Honesty is the best answer. That's a good yeah. one. You're right. It's You're 100 percent like, right. Can't do it. You know. <laughs> so go out there and buy it, everybody. And you can buy it in CD form. There are people out there who don't believe that, so you should tell them. You could seriously you buy it. You can actually purchase. Look, it's a real. It is. It's an actual physical CD. And of course, music. And right, mostly music has, and I'm sure many other stores at this point as well. Well, it, so. all the, yeah, no, mostly music has it, and they're the distributor. Uh, Derek's distribution right. all over, and uh, iTunes also, of course. Right, so you can check it out that way and uh, and get it into your phone ASAP. Uh, all right, we'll try to uh, before we wrap things up with um, uh, with uh, Gamzula Tova. Uh, give me one other one that we could do at least part of this morning. Let's do Lichadodi. Let's do yeah, a lot I'm, of messages. I'm, I'm, I love Lichadodi. Yeah, so I written by uh, written by Gotti. Gotti. Gotti writes it, and uh, it's an original song. Original it's an song. original song. Here it is. You'll find it on Lave Tahar, Volume 5, and slot number 2 of the brand new CD. This is JM in the AM.
That's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course, on our beloved NSN app. In studio this morning, it's Ellie Schwabel, Ari Zucker, Leif Tahar, as we explore the brand new Leif Tahar volume number five. And there's a lot to explore. We can't do justice uh, uh, to it in one conversation here on the air. You've got to get it and enjoy it and see what it's all about and uh, get ready because these guys have uh, upcoming videos planned and who knows what else. People would love to see you in concert. I don't know how often you do it or don't do it, but uh, it, yeah, it, it, it is fair. We you, do it when it's, it's rare, right? When it's fun. But you know, it's rare. It's like we, right. we, did, we did Lincoln Center last year. Uh, at we the, did Hask. Uh, we did Hask. That was great. That was amazing. Oh, right. At 20, uh, the year prior. Uh, yeah. 29. 29, right. yeah, yeah. I remember 29. that, sure. Yeah, it was, uh, that, was, that was fine. We, I mean, to, to try to get everybody together to, to prepare for a show, it's a whole. It's like I doing know. an album. It's to get, to get up to... I mean, up to par. It's like all standards. You have to get to. I'm not going to allow us on stage unless we're tight, like perfect. But we'll do something. We'll do something when it's right, when it's fun. You know, something that's going to work. Yeah, we'll do something in a couple of months, probably. Probably in a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, who wrote it? Who wrote Gamzulatova? So, Ellie Schwab came to me with a with this with this kind of uh, la 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 Gamzul kind of like a a reggae. Uh, a reggae version of a song, and then I kind of. I wrote the verse with a guy named Jay Stolar, and I we and, and I wrote the uh, the bridge as well. So Ellie came with the hook. I love the hook, right. and then I developed the song from there. So it's me, Ellie Schwab, and Jay Stolar who wrote this tune. And the reaction to this song, which is going to close out our conversation this morning, is so varied. It's unbelievable. Let's hear Let's from hear. from. Wow, I can't believe how simple a song that is. Like it's you know. It's just, it's not a complicated song, you know. Though. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not, no. not at all. No, it's not. It, it's like people are saying, "Hey, I could have written that." You know what I mean? Like you know, that's exactly that's, like you're walking down the street and, and that could pop into your head. You know, <laughs> that is exactly the point. It's it and and the interesting thing about that what you're saying right now is that it's, we try create a mantra. You know, it's like when you try to get right. out of when you the repetition the, the repetition of 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 tracht gut wenn sein gut. Right. You know, it's like kind of like think about. Think about okay, this is this this is okay, this is okay, and we try to kind of give them the verse, which is what I tried to do, was to rewrite the verse to say, this is it's okay that you're going through a rough time, and we acknowledge the rough time, not just forget about the. We acknowledge the rough time in the verse, and the answer is the chorus of the mantra Gamzu Latova. And that's Gamzu. what Gamzu Latova is all about. That's really what it's all that's about. That's what it, exactly. We're, we're, not, we're not dismissing how bad something might have been but we have to realize that ultimately there is a there's this this is right to, to see that within yourself that way and then you you grow with that into the into and, and even within the song itself ellie it starts off a little more serious and emotional right. and then it builds up Same right idea, it becomes you know? more fun and, and then right. it becomes more fun you can do that and you get, get to that mindset it is more fun yeah so you're getting uh, out of that you're getting out of that you know depression and into the happiness and into the joy of life and acknowledging it I cannot thank both of you for uh, taking the time to stop by. I, I don't know if you are aware of the anticipation for this conversation. There has been a lot, a lot of people who, in fact, it's, it's interesting because of the circumstances of things that happened today in our trip to Florida, etc. People were writing to us, are you postponing the interview with Leif Tahar? Like, be, no, we're going full steam ahead. They're visiting us. It's going to be an appropriate conversation, and we're just, you know, and we're introducing the album. So there was a lot of uh, anticipation to get you guys in and to really celebrate the release of we were excited album. as well. We're, we're very excited. Are you we, kidding we, me? We, we love you. Show, you know? <laughs> I grew up with you, Nachum. We all grew up with you, my God. I Boy, mean, thank on. you for that. Check out Leif Tahar, Volume 5. Gamzula Tovo will close out this segment. And uh, to Eli Schwebel and Ari Zucker and to Gotti, of course. 
Uh, we say continued good luck, and uh, and don't be a stranger. Come back again, please. We will. We will. Guaranteed. <laughs> uh, congratulations. Leif Dahar, volume number five. Closing out this segment with the selection everyone is talking about. There, uh, The first single that was released off the brand new album, Gamzula Tova. You're listening to JM in the AM. through some of our community calendar that introduce a very special guest here at JM in the AM. Uh, first of all, tonight, Lincoln Square Synagogue features Yankee Lemmer and Friends, guest artist Shimon Kramer, and Zusha. They are all tonight in concert 
at the Lincoln Square Synagogue Sanctuary. LSS.org has all the information. LSS.org is a wonderful resource uh, for all the info on that. I remind you that uh, there's more in the concert calendar, including Rutgers Hillel has Safaman concert this coming Sunday. Go to uh, RutgersHillel.org, RutgersHillel.org for information on that. Mazal Tov to all the honorees at the Mayanot dinner. Mayanot Yeshiva High School dinner is this coming Saturday night. We say Mazal Tov from all of us here at uh, JM in the AM. And don't forget that Chazdei Soul to Soul presents Avramo, Avram Freed, in a show called Bring the House Down this coming Sunday, March the 5th at the Brooklyn School of Music on Claussen Avenue with musical director Yuval Stupol. starts at 7 p.m. Information 347-688-SOUL. Again, that's 347 688 so, I remind you that um, uh, the funeral of our beloved friend who we've been speaking about all morning, Chaim Lobo Silber, is taking place at 9 o'clock this morning at Shomri Adas on 14th Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I remind you that uh, due to the circumstances of today's schedule, we've postponed our uh, Manashevich show to 12 noon. So we'll be at 12 noon today doing a live lunch uh, at, the, um, at the Wesley Kosher Supermarket. That starts at 12 noon today. Um, until 2 o'clock up at Wesley Kosher in Muncie. Feel free to come on by and say hi. And tomorrow, of course, it's a Friday, which means our weekly update and plenty, plenty more. Uh, don't forget our Thursday schedule right after JMM this morning, Charlie Harari. After uh, Charlie, it's going to be uh, Michael Fragan with Spin Class. After that, Allison Joseph's Jew in the City Speaks. And after that, it'll be uh, Miriam L. Wallach and That's Life with her uh, Purim selections for the month of Adar. And then at 11 o'clock, we'll do an hour of music before we get to our live lunch with Manischewitz up at Wesley Kosher, so keep that in mind. Uh, and that's the schedule for today. We have a very special guest in our studio this morning here at JM and the AM, and I want to thank the legendary Glenn Richter for facilitating this conversation. Operation Wedding is a documentary film by Anat Zalmanson Kuznetsov. I hope I have that pronounced properly. Uh, oh, perfect, she <laughs> says. Thank you. Uh, Boker Tov Anat. Boker Tov. And we first heard about Operation Wedding, well, when we were kids, frankly, when the uh, when the operation we referred to or the episode we're referring to took place. And uh, all these years later, Anat went ahead as a documentarian and put the whole story together in this film uh, that um, has been uh, has been seen and um, is playing to critical acclaim. And uh, she is here to discuss the film and the history of a very important time in modern Jewish history. I say Boker Tov again to you. Uh, Operation Wedding. Uh, we go back to the former Soviet Union, right? At that time, the Soviet Union. It's very hard for some people in this audience to realize that there was not free movement of Jews from the Soviet Union at that time. Not just Jews. Everyone. No one Nobody could, could you leave. Need to have to, you need to have an exit visa to get out. You need to go to an office and say, can I please get out of the country? Even for traveling, you're just not allowed. And when you ask for a visa to get out, they think of you as a, like you betrayed the country. Maybe you want to be a spy. They don't know. So they're not going to give you an exit visa. Um, and uh, most, most people uh, lost their jobs because of that as well. So you're stuck in a country and you can't get out and you don't have a job. And so even asking for exit visa was very brave, actually. So there are, um, there are a group of people... Jewish people in Russia at the time, in the Soviet Union at the time, in the Soviet Union at the time, who um, who who start to push back a bit. 
who decide they want to leave Russia, they'd rather be in the United States or Israel, correct? Well, I not, not correct, actually. The, the group of my parents, uh, except from the two non-Jews that joined them, they were all uh, people who felt that Israel is their home. They were in Latvia for many generations, but they never felt belong there, and they just wanted to be home in Israel. And they, and, and they would never have done it if it was to go to America. It was not, so it was not simply to leave Russia, it was to no. get to Israel. Yeah, I mean, the story, it was human rights. I mean, right. Of course, you need to let people out. But, um, for example, my mother and, and her brothers, uh, she was an engineer. She lived in the center of Riga. They had a pretty normal life, I mean, except from anti-Semitism, which is everywhere, basically, anyway. Um, and I asked her, would you have done it if there was no Israel? And she said, no, you know, because it was being in, not just prison, you know, Gulag, the, the Soviet Gulag, which was very harsh. It's not at all uh, like American prison or Israeli prison, as I learned when I was filming, and I was shocked about it. I don't know why. Uh, I was naive, I guess. So uh, actually, they, yeah, they just wanted to be in Israel, and they all live in Israel, except from one. Pretty amazing. Yeah. How old was your mother at the time of the episode? My mother was 25. My father and, was 29. And that was the average age of the people in the group? They basically were all in their 20s or upper 20s? The, the youngest one were 21. The, older one, the oldest one was the pilot. It was his idea, and he was 40, 41, actually. So how does one hatch this idea? The idea is we're going to find a plane, steal that plane, and use that plane to leave Russia to leave the Soviet Union. Well, they planned to buy all the tickets to the plane, and they did. Well, it's just a 12-seat plane. <laughs> it's not so much. So they bought all the tickets on a 12-seat plane. Yeah, they said they're going to a local wedding, therefore Operation Wedding. So uh, uh, they, they bought all the tickets to the plane, and the pilot, and the, they planned to just um, force... Not with violence, but force the pilot. Uh, Strongly the pilot. suggested a violence. Well, <laughs> you know, they prepared for them. No, no, no violence. They promised right. no bloodshed, in no, in no, no matter what. Right. But there were, there were already ten people and two pilots. That the pilots had uh, no chance anyway. So they would just nicely tell them to get out. They prepared for them uh, sleeping bags, tent, and a vodka. And, uh, but, you know, they didn't think it would happen anyway. And, uh, and then the pilot of the group, Mark Dimschitz, would take the plane uh, and fly below the radar. And it's only 15 minutes flight to cross the border. Of course, you have to fly another hour and a half to get to Sweden, but 15 minutes flight to, to get out of the danger. But, uh, you know, it's, when I say it like that, it sounds possible, but actually they never thought they would succeed. They never did. Then why pursue it? Well, they hoped that their brothers... <laughs> in uh, the West and in Israel would fight for them. They just, wanted, they just wanted people to know. They sent letters to the UN before, and they sent letters to Israel, and they didn't understand why they're not getting any response. Nobody responded. Well, the reason was because um, there was a fear that if you get a lot of attention of, uh, with people with name, they would be arrested. Right. So people did try to help them, but they didn't know about it, so they just did this desperate act. Today we know that uh, Soviet Union really cared about what, uh, what America especially thinks about them. So uh, whenever there were demonstrations or something happened, they would uh, let, people mo let more people go. But today it's easy to know it. Right, and it's know. interesting because there was such a debate uh, in the community in the United States at that time about whether the demonstrations helped or hurt those who were behind the Iron Curtain. Now you're telling us that it certainly helped. Well, it depends uh, what kind of demonstration, as long as the, the non-violence one, I think, right. it helped. The well, we had some large ones here, you know, at the, the United large I, Of course, I know. I know, I know. They, they are in, you know, when I see archives of the demonstrations, 
I, I really get uh, teared up because it's the solidarity, you know, and my film is, is a lot is about uh, two things. One is about the power of an individual uh, to change the situation and history to affect it. And the other one is really about solidarity and especially Jewish solidarity because I have been thinking about it a lot if it's just human right or is it Jewish. I think it's Jewish human right because there were uh, also people who were not allowed to live that are not Jewish, but the, the fight, you know, mainly the majority was for Jews because I think, uh, it, uh, once again, it's not just about to live, which is also a very good cause, mm. but it was about the fact that they were not wanted there. Jews was the lowest form of being in the Soviet Union. They weren't welcome. They weren't welcome, but they were not allowed to leave. Right. So, you know. So then what do you do? Yeah. Uh, Anat Zalmanson Kuznetsov is here in our studio. Operation Wedding is the name of the documentary. Uh, so they know, as you say, that they are going from the airport to jail, basically, right? They knew that. They're yeah. basically going to well, go... Well, they thought maybe they would ki- be, get killed as well. Right. Maybe. They're ready to give up their lives to prove a point. Mm-hmm. Um, or to make their plight known, and the plight of Soviet Jews known. This, earlier this week, I spoke on the air with Natan Sharansky when we were with Nefesh Nefesh down in, uh, in Florida, and uh, I, I made the point, or I, I asked him to again make the point that he has made many times, and that is that the Six-Day War, 1967, was a very big factor in helping Jews in the Soviet Union identify with the State of Israel. Would, would, your, would your parents say that, that the Six-Day War was a very, very important key event? The Six-Day War was the main key event for, for this group as well. They, after the Six-Day War, they felt if a tiny state like Israel can beat five huge Arab states, then we can also, maybe we can also win the Soviet Union. And also, uh, they knew, the news that they received in the Soviet Union is that Israel is losing, losing, losing. All of a sudden, it was winning. So <laughs> Day, days later. <laughs> they, <laughs> so they realized, you know, and uh, it tef- definitely affected them. It made them feel stronger. They walked prouder, and they were celebrating uh, in the forest that day of the, the victory. I can imagine. Um, okay, I, I know that uh, that if people watch the documentary, they can get somewhat of a taste of this in retrospect. Uh, what was prison life like for those who took part in Operation Wedding? Um, the, first of all, there is no like real food. Uh, the the bread is wet. Uh, they give you uh, like soup, but my mother said once she found a mouse in there, once a cockroach. Uh, I th- I know my mother. She couldn't eat for the first six months. She was uh, throwing up all the time, uh, so she was very sick. And um, after that, you get used to it, I guess. The beginning, the first six months, I think, is the hardest because you have no connection with the outside world before the trial. So it's like completely solidarity, and there is no lawyers, no newspaper, no visiting, so they didn't even know what's happening. Um, and then in the gulag itself, uh, I mean, basically food and uh, hungry and food and cold. My mother was in solitary confinement for six months mm. in the cold in Siberia. She had to jump up and down not to freeze. Mm. Uh, she only got a small, a thin dress. I don't know how she survived it, to be honest. And at that age, yeah. Yeah. She, she, she was there because she beat uh, an anti-Semitic prisoner. She beat, he beat, she beat her hard, so she got into solitary confinement. Oh, she, was, she was not in solitary because of the episode itself. No, she no. She, she was in solitary for that reason. Yeah. How many of the people involved in the episode, there were 10, right? You, you Actually, 16. Oh, there were 16? Yeah. 10 were on the plane? No, there were 16. 
Oh, 16 on the plane, even though there was only room for 10. No, nah, it doesn't matter. Right. Anyway, two, two in the but, pilot seat. and then Right. Two. So my question is, uh, were all 16 sentenced to death? Did they get similar sentences? What what happened there? Well, um, four were released. Uh-huh. Um, one, she was pregnant, mm-hmm. and she was released because she was pregnant. Uh, the other one was Mark, Dish- Mark Dimshit's wife. She was released, too. Right. Uh, and his two daughters, they were 15 and 17, so they were released. <sighs> Um, so there were 12 on trial, 11 on one trial and one on other trial. Right. I don't want right. to complicate things. 12 on trial in general. And uh, my father, he was the leader of the group, Edward Kuznetsov, and the pilot, Mark Dimshit, which, of course, he, he thought about the idea, and without him, that would mean nothing. Right. They got a uh, death sentence. And my, my mother, 10 years, and most of the group, uh, between 8 to 15 years, one person got four. And in the film, your father addresses what it's like to be under a death sentence. He, yeah, he, um, my father is uh, a lot of the time misunderstood. Um, he, he knows he has a poker face. He was terrified, of course, and he admits it. But, uh, he would never show it. He, not only that he never showed it, he did with his hand a gesture like he's flying to the sky. So, like, like he's flapping his wings. Exactly, flapping. Exactly. That was his reaction. My mother, uh, she ran to. She somehow ran to him. Uh, it was so chaotic because the audience were shouting "Bravo!" because it was KGB audience, and the families was shouting "Fascist!" You know, and uh, and the, the KGB they were clapping and they gave the the judges flowers. And my mother, in all this chaos, she came and she kissed him one last kiss. She thought. How long were they in prison after that? Well, my mother was at the end released after four years, thanks to uh, uh, the Israel caught a Soviet spy in the exchange with her. Wow, but it, it was, was a deal. A, it was a deal, but it was a secret deal. Right. Obviously, like everything Israel does. Right. <laughs> and then my father and Mark Dimshitz and most of the group were released in 1979, which was uh, nine years later. Right. In a prisoner, ex- uh, not a prisoner, yeah, a prisoner exchange of in with the U- with the United States. Actually, they caught two. Spies. And at that time, did they all go to Israel? They weren't allowed to. What happened to them at that time? Uh, no, they were allowed. I mean, once, w- once you leave the Soviet Union, the, no, <laughs> they were thrown away from the Soviet Union. Ah, they were tossed out of the yes, country. They, were like, they told them, now you are not allowed to be in the Soviet Union. And my father said, oh, finally. Yeah, so when Yosef <laughs> Mendelevich ends up in Israel, it's around that era, just around that time, right? Yosef Mendelevich was released in 81. Mm-hmm. And uh, the two non-Jews in the group were released much, much later in 84 and 85, and they were not allowed to leave immediately. And that lasted how long that they were not allowed to leave? I, I'm not sure exactly. I think Did they ever end up leaving? Oh, yes. They, they lived in, in New York. Right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Anat Zalmanson Kuznetsov is in our studio. Operation Wedding is the name of the documentary. All right. Uh, what, what are we doing? Are we showing the documentary around town? Are we offering it for sale? How does it work? <laughs> how do people get to see through your eyes uh, the uh, the story behind Operation Wedding. Well, we just had a premiere in New York, in Columbia University. We got standing ovation, which was really lovely. And uh, we're going to show again in May. Uh, we're still checking the option of exactly uh, where and when, but I can tell you it's going to be between uh, May 9 and 11. You can find information at www operationweddingdocumentary.com but have dashes in between. Anyway, Operation-wedding.documentary but again, you could just search Operation you just Google Wedding. Google it. Documentary. Just add the documentary. Right. Um, and then uh, I give all the information there and, but we're definitely going to show in New York. Now I'm going, I'm doing a big tour. I'm going to Cleveland, Philadelphia, Washington, Toronto, Maine, Detroit, 
Did I forget something? <laughs> <laughs> You're Israeli born, right? You were born in Israel. Definitely. Well, was, so we know that one of the uh, one of the quote unquote highlights. I know I'm using that word, you know, somewhat incorrectly. Of your trip back to Russia was when you actually were in the prison cell of your mother, right? You visited the prison and were in the cell of your mother. Yeah. A very emotional experience. Are there other visits like that? I don't know. Did you visit the airport or the airfield where it happened or other things like that? Tell me about it. Well, actually, yeah, we we have. We, we First, we went. I, you know about the prison. I didn't realize we were going to the prison. Outside, it's a very beautiful building. This and is in what city? In Riga. Now, it's the occupation because Riga, it was in Latvia. It was an occupied right. country. So, now, they, they, created, they made the prison into a museum. And everybody can walk, and actually they're going to do screenings of the film there. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and then do a tour. It's actually a pretty amazing uh, experience, Judy. Oh, wow. And so I, from the outside, it's very beautiful. It's in the center of town, by the way, five minutes walk from my grandfather's uh, apartment. <laughs> and then um, we walk in, and because my producer told, we go, told me we're going to a KGB house. And me, as an Israeli, I just think, uh, okay, KGB house, they did investigation there. I didn't realize it was a prison, because it's, it's in the center of town, and I couldn't even think about it. We walk in, we go down into the prison, which suddenly everything is dark and cold and horrible, and outside it's sunny and nice, and people go to cafes. And uh, my mother starts saying, is it here, is it this? And she starts looking at the rooms, and suddenly I realize this is where she was at. I was really shocked, and I completely broke down because I, I, didn't, I wasn't prepared for that. She remembered the exact room. Well, she yeah. couldn't remember the exact room, but she said she she showed me the rooms, and when they just arrived to the prison, they put them in a very small, very, very small, tiny room, only place to sit for hours and hours in the dark until they decide which room they will be at, and um, there is no, like, dining room, or right. there, in the yard, you just... you. It's, it's a yard, it's covered with uh, nets, and you're not, you're not going to see the sun, and it's not with other people. You each get some time alone in the yard. Very, very lonely. Was that the most dramatic part for you? Uh, yes, it was. It was the most dramatic part, and, my, and the, whole, the whole scene in prison was very dramatic. And my mother, you know, she remembered how she used to exercise in the yard, and right. she, she, she waltz, she dances the waltz. Right. I, <laughs> I, I can imagine how the, how the prisoners, how the, not the prisoners, how the wardens, uh, how they looked at her, right. <laughs> crazy. We also went to the airport when they were arrested, which is now very tiny and closed, and it's extremely funny. We have to go through a yard, someone's yard, and a dog is <laughs> barking at us when we go in. Um, we, we were on a train ride on the way. We just did the whole, the whole path, basically. What would your parents say now? Was, was it worth the effort? Can they even believe that they're in Israel? Can they believe that essentially something miraculous happened, that history changed to the point where, and they helped change history to the point where, you know, we, we see so many people from the former Soviet Union now living in Israel. I don't think they imagined, they could even imagine it would be that big and that effective. Um, but they, while they were in prison, this is what kept them going, the realization that there is an effect, their friends are getting permission to leave. In the 60s, only about 3,000 Jews got exit visas from the USSR. In the 70s, right after the trial, about uh, 300,000 Jews wow. got permission to leave. 163 of them came to Israel. So they, were, they, were, uh, they felt like the whole world is looking at them. And yes, uh, when I asked them today, they say, yes, it was worth it. Um, and, you know, they would have done it again. Where did they settle in Israel and what city? Uh, my mother in Ganyavna, near Ashdod, and my sure. father near Jerusalem, in Motelit. Wow. Um, there were non-Jewish groups around the world, including in Russia, in the Soviet Union itself, 
that were very vocal about the case, right? Yes. There were protests actually in in Russia or in the Soviet Union, or were, the, were those European protests you were showing in the documentary? Look, in the Soviet Union, it wasn't very. Uh, it's not demonstrations were not normal unless it's a demonstration from the from the government itself. But uh, after the trial, they felt like they shouldn't fear anymore. And they started, and the Soviet Union Jews started to protest as well, which was very brave. You can definitely oh, yeah. be arrested for that. It's, sure. it's not, and it's not like one day. It, it can be like a big trial even. Um, and of course, yes, there were non-Jews. Um, uh, um, I mean, in, there were human rights. Uh, I don't know about them in the Soviet Union. I think there were very little. Obviously, in the outside, uh, you know, the Pope called Brezhnev right. and he said, right. "Let them go." And uh, in 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 America, you have uh, Jackson Vanek commandments sure. and Senator Jackson and. And and Vanek, which they made the trade, uh, stop the trade with the USSR. Right, trade embargo until the exactly. Uh, so that that was very effective. I think that was one of the most effective things. And you've seen footage of Solidarity Sunday, right? I have, of course. I've those, seen those. Those are some interesting days. You know, uh, my yeah, I, I have actually so many archives about. Uh, it's it's huge. It's unbelievable. I mean, it would make the front page in the New York Times sometimes. You know. Yeah, it should. It and it goes, of course, it should. <laughs> I'm sure not as often as it should have, but it but it did. And today, uh, what does someone like yourself, who's somewhat familiar with the um, with the Russian government, or at least has heard stories, many I'm sure, of of, of uh, your parents speaking about Russian authorities, etc. As we watch in 2017, Vladimir Putin uh, make certain statements and establish certain relationships, specifically in the Middle East, but even with the President of the United States, what are your th thoughts? What would you tell us naive Americans about what we should know about leadership in Russia? Look, I don't know a lot about what's happening right now, and I, uh, but uh, from what I, the little I know, uh, Russia would never change. It always have human rights issue, and it just changes its victims. And um, it's uh, the country; it has the same the same spirit. You can see it when wow. you go there, and when and you can see it that they arrested journalism right. and uh, and other things. So I I don't think the country is changing. So when you see major Jewish communities in Russia, and there are major Jewish communities now in Russia, people who have not left. Mm -hmm. Do you sometimes feel the urge to say to them, there are better places for you or not? Well, maybe they like it there, so right. okay. And I don't think right now there's a problem with Jews, but it will return. At, <laughs> at least at this time, well, at least maybe now they can leave, because maybe right. now they can leave. It's, you know, it's, it's their option. Uh, I, I mean, they could leave and they would be welcomed in Israel. Like they have the Aliyah, so sure. if they prefer to be in Russia, they feel more comfortable there. It's fine, right. you know. I don't, I don't mind. I just, it's just when we show the film in Russia. By the way, the film was accepted to the largest film festival for Russian films, and it was shown four times in Moscow. I was wondering how would people feel because how would I feel if I saw a film about someone who was willing to die just to leave the country right. that I like to stay in? Right. Very strange. I don't know, but they they liked it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Anad Zalmanson Kuznetsov. The film is Operation Wedding. If you search online, Operation Wedding documentary, you'll see there are all the places where it's uh, we're showing, correct? I update, I update it all the time on Facebook and on the website and on the newsletter. And it's very, very easy to find. And uh, we keep people notice all the time. And we'll be here in May. And uh, if someone hears us in Philadelphia and Cleveland, we're coming. They certainly are. Um, and and it's a story worth telling your children and certainly a movie 
worth watching. It's called Operation Wedding, and it was, to say the least, a big turning point, a, an important historical event in modern Jewish history, an important historical event in the Soviet Jewry movement. Um, our best to your parents. Thank you. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. A real pleasure meeting you. More coming up. It is a, a Thursday morning edition of JM and the AM as we continue right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.
with Sandy Shmueli, Thursday morning. Uh, we're going to start wrapping things up. Uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, the funeral of our beloved friend Chaim Lobo Silber is happening this morning at 9 o'clock at Shomer Hadass, 14th Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, and we are planning on being there, of course, as you would think. And um, I'm glad we had an opportunity on more than one occasion this morning to speak about Lobo and to remember him so fondly as uh, he deserves. I want to thank Leif Tahar. They were in earlier. Uh, I want to thank uh, Anat, who um, did a brilliant job with that documentary, Operation Wedding, and I hope everybody has an opportunity to see it at some point. Over the last couple of days with Nefesh Ben Nefesh, uh, we spent a lot of time talking about Jewish heroism, and <laughs> it's one of the episodes in modern Jewish history that certainly describes heroism, especially today when we found out in uh, conversation with Anat that the people on that flight were ready to die. They were ready to die. In fact, they assumed they were going to die. That they were going to give their life for a cause and just you know make the cause more known to the world. When you hear that and you just you think about it in the context of uh, 
of our recent history. It's just unbelievable. Tomorrow, it's Malcolm Holmline with a weekly update. We'll speak with him tomorrow, of course, weekly update. Make sure to join us for that. Also, we um, we will um, we will be uh, we, we present uh, Charlie Harari right after JMM this morning. Then, of course, Michael Fragan with Spin Class. Allison Josephs, Jew in the City Speaks, followed by Miriam L. Wallach with That's Life. And today she uh, takes a look at her favorite Purim and Adar selections. And uh, then our live lunch today, live lunch will be 12 noon. Our live lunch will be 12 noon until 2 o'clock, postponed to the drop because of today's schedule. 12 noon until 2 o'clock. Uh, that'll be um, up with Manischewitz at Wesley Kosher in Muncie, New York. We'll see everybody there. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
closing things out, before Ohad, you heard of Raymond Avram Freed, uh, and before that one, of course, Barry Weber, as we uh, wind down a Thursday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and, of course, on our beloved NSN app. Closes out a, a Thursday morning broadcast here at JM and the AM. Don't forget, tomorrow we are back. Weekly update and plenty more for a Friday, as you would suspect. Uh, later today, starting at 12 noon, Manischewitz presents our live lunch from Wesley Kosher up in Muncie, New York. Join us between 12 and 2 for that live lunch. Again, up at Wesley Kosher in Muncie. And um, I thank you very much for tuning in. Have a good Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.